Well, God bless you and good afternoon. It is my pleasure to be here with you and see uh, familiar faces and new faces. And uh, Pastor Ron is a mentor of mine. Uh, many years ago we met and uh, I was immediately drawn to that man. There's that spirit about him and I didn't have that spirit about me. Uh, I, I wanted that. Uh, I never got what he got. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, and, and listen to what I'm sharing with you, because it can become dangerous to start looking at people and wanting to be like them instead of what God wants you to be, who, who God wants you to be. Amen. And so I remember I was uh, under the toolage of a, a mentor uh, many years ago. And uh, after about three or four years of being under his toolage, I was ministering at a, a church and afterwards, some people came up and they go, you know, you look, you sound just like so-and-so, which was the mentor I had. And they said, even your actions and even your Hispanic accent, I, I'm not Hispanic, <laughs> but he, he is. And I began to look at that as like, who am I being? Come on, somebody. Who am I being? I can never be Pastor Ron. I'm not black. Although, every country we've gone to before, I always tell the people he's my brother until they get there, or until we get there. And then they're trying to figure out different dad, different mom, what's going on here. And I have to break it because my name's Brown, his name is Brown, so it all just kind of works out. Amen? But I tell you, it's important that we learn to be who God's called us to be. And when I finally got that right in my spirit, and uh, for those of you that don't know my background, I became a Christian very late in life. I was like 37, I think it was, maybe 35, something like that. So I, it was very late in life, and I had been a cop at that point for 15 years. And I was very, what we would call in the world, a very successful cop. Don't shut me down, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to the good part of getting born again in a minute, okay? And the second... 15 years of my career, uh, and, and, and maybe like some of you, I didn't, I didn't know I needed God. I didn't know who God was, never was in church, uh, never spent any time with my family growing up, talking about God in the home. Uh, really, I mean, I, I kind of knew about Jesus because of Christmas, but that was about it. I didn't have any, any um, upbringing in that. As a result, I didn't know how to be a dad. Come on, somebody. I had these three kids, and I had a wife, but I didn't know how to be a dad. I knew to do, how to do what my dad did, and what my dad did was cheat on my mom. So I cheated on my wife. My older brother cheated on his wife. And that thing continued in my family until God told me, you're done. I'm changing your life. I've seen it all. He, he, he saw it all, what I did. You know, you can't hide from God, somebody. You, yeah, huh, what? Are you sure, Pastor? Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But it's a good thing. Because he's right there ready to heal where you need healing. He's right there ready to equip you where you need equipping. Amen? He's right there ready to do what needs to get done. And so for me, it was... Uh, going, uh, going to a specific church, uh, I'll just skip into the part how I got to the church. I won't tell you about all the rest of it. But there was an African-American preacher that was there. 
And uh, I was not a Christian, obviously. I was raised in Detroit. My dad was very, very prejudiced against black people. So guess what I was? <laughs> I was very prejudiced. But I would say I was uh, more equally prejudiced against everybody. Didn't matter what color skin you had because I hated my life. When you hate your life, it's going to project onto other people, amen? And so anyway, long story short, I was there at this particular church, and there was an African-American preacher, and he was calling people up one row at a time, and he was doing what you know today is laying hands on people. And I thought that was very feminine. That's just where I was at. And so uh, when he called my row up, I went up, because I didn't look like an idiot sitting there. And so I, I went up, and I said to myself, I said, if he puts his hands on me, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> no, I, I'm not joking here. I did. And he was laying hands on people, and he, got right in, he stood right in front of me, and I clenched my fist, and I dropped my right leg back a little bit to get some good leverage. <laughs> and I was getting ready to blast him, and he says, the Lord tells me not to lay my hands on you. totally threw me off. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how God talked to people. I didn't hear anything. How did he hear God? I was standing right there. I didn't hear anything. Come on. Right? And so he says, the Lord tells me to blow my breath on you. I'm thinking this is the, I hope he didn't have onions. I'm just thinking, you know. And I couldn't, before I could react to anything, he blew his breath on me. Brothers and sisters, I have no idea how long I was laying on the ground. I don't even know. I don't even know how long I was laying there. But I remember opening my eyes and I was looking at ceiling tiles. And I thought, how did I get here? How did I, how did I get on the ground? I don't remember. But one thing I do remember is when he blew his breath on me, I heard chains hitting the ground behind me. I heard chains hitting the ground behind me. You know what? At that time, I was a sergeant, and I was with Santa Ana Police Department, little retirement community in Orange County. I'm just kidding. It's not a retirement community. Those of you know Santa Ana. I was in the SWAT team. I was a sergeant in the SWAT team. Um, you know, I, I, in, according to world standards, I had it all. I had a wife. I had kids. I had girlfriends. I had it all by the world standards. Come on. Oh, like you, okay, fine, fine, okay, fine. Uh, you guys just came out just pure. Okay, great. Great. That's just great. And so um, the thing that terrified me most was that 11 years old, I started using pornography. I started doing pornography. So here I am, 35, 36 years old, I'm sergeant, SWAT team, I got it all going on according to world standards, and I'm totally addicted to pornography. And I'm using alcohol to cope with the pornography, which doesn't work. As we all know, coping with drugs, alcohol, doesn't work, right? And so that, those chains that I heard were all those years of pornography hitting the ground behind me, all the alcoholism coming out of me, coming off of me. Amen. And when I, when I got up, I went back to my seat. And then uh, the pastor came up after everybody was being ministered to. And he said, who wants to give a testimony? 
And I'm like, well, to me, testimony is like when you go to court and you testify in a criminal case. That's testimony. Right? That's testimony. Some of you have been there. Don't act like you ain't been there. I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will come on me, and I'll just start calling it out right here. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Because I learned without pastor, and I know how to hear God now. Amen. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> I just, all that stuff was gone. And God filled me with his presence. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. I didn't know what the presence was. I didn't know any of that stuff. And he said, who wants to give a testimony? And my hand shot up like this. And I remember looking at my hand like, what are you doing? And the pastor goes, yes, brother. And I go, I'm not even even black. He's calling me brother. I don't know about this stuff. It was all new to me, brother, sister. What's all that about? I stood up and I said, and I'm going to tell you right now, I never used the L word growing up. My dad never, love. (laughs) My dad never used it. Come on. My dad never used it. My dad was old school. You, you got hurt. You got injured. Get up and walk on it. Walk it off. Walk it off. Remember those days, right? Your arms all busted up. Walk it off. How do you walk on your hand? Jeez. So the, I stood up and I said, I just want to say I love everybody. And I sat down. And I was like, what has control of me? What has happened to me? I remember several weeks later, I was out in the police car. I was over on East 1st Street in Lyon. Don't turn red. We won't know you were there. Isn't it good now you can give the cops your real name and birthday when they stop you? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You don't have to run. You don't start looking like, how am I going to get out of here? Wait a minute. I'm good. Hold on. I'm serving God. What was that birthday I used before? What was that? (laughs) Amen. I jumped out of the police car at first in line. There was a young lady standing there. She's a human trafficking victim. Of course, back then, we didn't call them human trafficking victims. We called them whores, prostitutes. Come on. Right? But they're, they're they're a victim of human trafficking. They are a victim of human trafficking. And if anybody can change their life, Jesus can change their life. Amen? And so I jumped out of the car, and she knew right away. She goes, oh, Sergeant Brown, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. No, no, come here, I want to tell you something. No, but Sergeant Brown, don't mess it. I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I go, get over here. So she came over. I opened the back back door of the police car. I said, sit down. She sat down. And I said, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ has a plan for your life. This isn't it. And I noticed that you were limping right now. What's the problem? She goes, oh, man, I got an abscess. This is back in early 90s. Because I had a bad abscess. And I looked at her leg, and she had jeans on. And there was liquid coming through the jeans. I'm sorry, but there was. And I knew in the short time I had been born again, I knew that the Bible said, if you lay hands on the sick, they recover. I knew that. I knew that I knew that I knew that you couldn't talk me out of that. Man, I slapped my hand on that thing that was on her leg. 
I just, it was like slap. It was like wet, slap. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I said, now get up. And I still, I didn't have all of the, you know, I didn't have all of the uh, aesthetics yet. I said, get up. <laughs> so she jumped up. And I said, now walk on your leg. How's it feel? She walks, she goes, oh, oh, it doesn't hurt at all. Oh, oh. And she's holding my hands. I'm holding her hand, and we're doing this. At first in line. Praise God. Praise God. One night we were doing what we call a 960 x-ray, a felony car stop. It's 2 o'clock, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. And we had these little, um, these young, young uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old minors who needed Jesus. Stopped. Amen. And they were all out of the car and they're on their hands, I'm sorry, on their knees, their hands behind their head. And we're, we're getting ready to go up to them and, and pat them down. And they were, they were involved in a pretty serious crime. And I said over the PA system, I got all these police cars there, like five or six units, about seven or eight cops. It's three o'clock in the morning. It's in the, it's in the neighborhood. I get on the PA. Gentlemen, if you die tonight, where will you go for eternity? And they're like, Essay, what's he saying, Essay? And the cops are all going, come on, Sarge, not now. Come on, Sarge. <laughs> because the statute of limitations are up, I'm going to tell you one more thing that I used to do. So, <laughs> so I had this one spot. I knew they were slinging uh, balloons, selling heroin at this one spot. And it was up these stairs off the alley. And there was these really, really nice thick bushes at the bottom. And so I would just conceal myself in there. I'm not a really big guy. I can conceal myself, right? It's, it, that's what's good about I can go anywhere in the world. I don't take up a lot of room. I can eat rice all day long. I, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need a bed. I don't need it. I'm good. Anyway, I'm in the bushes, and they go up and pick up, and they come down. And I jump out. Try to pee. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Ah, they get down. Hang. Where's your balloons? Ah, in my pocket, my pocket. Take them out. This is only, only on Thursdays I would do this because the church I was going to met on Thursdays. So I'd hook them up, put them in the back seat, drive them over to the church, go up, get the, um, the head usher, bring them out to the police car, and I open the door. I go, here's the, here's the deal, dude. Or if it, was a, it could be a female too. Here's the deal. You stay for the whole service. And I'll, and I'll book these as a found property. I'll take these balloons and mark them as a found property. But if you don't stay for the full service, I'm going to file a warrant on you. And I will find you. They're like, yeah, I believe you will. <laughs> so, so guess what? The majority of them stayed for the whole service. And a whole lot of them are serving God today. A whole lot of them. I remember one man, and if I said his name, almost all of you would know who he is. He's, he's a career criminal. Uh, he recently passed away. But uh, he was out for a, a very short time. And we had him on a car stop. And uh, I knew who he was. And so I just, they had him cuffed up and everything. So I brought him over to my police car and sat him down. He goes, I know who you are. You know how you put your neck, trying to make your neck look really big. 
I know who you are, eh? I know who you are, eh? So I go, look, I know your whole life. Because he's been, he was doing time since he was like just a little kid. Juvenile hall and then it was his prison for the rest of his life. He was, he was doing life one year at a time. You know what I mean? Just locked up, out for a few months, locked up. So anyway, uh, I told him, I go, you know what, man? God has a plan for your life. And you know I'm, I'm a straight shooter. So I'm letting you know. You need to have Jesus because if you don't have Jesus, bro, and you check out, you're going to hell for eternity. And I said, and that's not why I want you to receive Jesus. I want you to receive Jesus because I know you've got kids. And I know deep down in your heart, just like I was, you want to be a dad. You may not know this. You don't have the skills. You may not know how. So we had this conversation. He starts crying. <laughs> I start crying. And the other cops are all like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> hey, Sarge, how much longer are you going to be? <laughs> it's like, as long as it takes. Amen, as long as it takes. I want to share with you today the, the theme of this conference, spiritual emphasis. And thank God that there is a vision in this ministry to have spiritual emphasis. Thank God for that. Because not all places have that. How many of you know what uh, assalamu alaikum means? Assalamu alaikum. Very good. Very good. How do you know that? Very good. It's Islam, right? It's, it's Arabic. And I spent a lot of time recently going to Arabic nations. Um, and so that's all I know. I know assalamu alaikum. And if they say it back, or they say it to me first, I'll say uh, Thank you. Malika Salam. And that's it. That's all I know. But you know what? It's, it's like if you could stand there and look like you know what you're doing. Come on. Some of you did that your whole life before Jesus. You were standing looking like you had it all together and you were 122 pounds. But you look like you, in your mind, you thought, mm, look at me. I guess I'm not talking to anybody in here, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> Amen. But thank God. Thank God that's over with. Thank God that's over with. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thank God that's over with. And you know... And you know why that's over? It's over because you made a decision, brothers and sisters. You made a decision. And now, whether you realize or not, you are all that. In his eyes, you are all that. Praise God. I was in a particular country that was having a civil war, and uh, I was walking in an area that's called the no-go zone. I always go to no-go zones, because uh, that's where Jesus would go. He would go to a no-go zone, Right? And uh, for me, that's just a big old invitation. You might as well put a neon sign saying, come here, because that's right where I'm going to go. Amen. And, and so I'm in this no-go zone, and there's uh, some stuff happening. And uh, these two guys come, and they, they get right up in my grill. And, and I'm a Christian. This is just a few years ago. And they're like, they're in Arabic. They want to know who I am and what am I doing there. And so totally trying to look like I know what I'm doing. I said, como? 
And they looked at me, and they were like, what? And they said, I said, ¿Cómo te amas? ¿Qué quieres? Dice, problema, problema aquí. And they turned around and walked away because they didn't know, they, they knew I was an American. I just t- was trying to play it off like I'm from Spain. I didn't lie. I didn't say I was from Spain. I just played off like I was from Spain. Come on, man. Amen. I'm telling you, when you because you are serving God, there are these great things that God's going to be doing through you. He already has done some great things through you. Come on. But in Isaiah 43, this is, your, this is your theme for this spiritual emphasis, amen, that was shared with me. And I'm just so excited about this because I remember the numerous times that God spoke this to my heart. In order to understand verses 18 and 19, it's important to understand the verses that come before that, amen? And so we're going to be in Isaiah 43, starting in verse 16. And he says to the, he says to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. Who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waters and, I, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. God is saying, I have taken care of you. Come on, somebody. God has taken care of you. You didn't die. You didn't die in your sp- I didn't die in my mess. I learned how to be a dad. I've learned how to be a grandfather. Come on, somebody. I'll never get an award for it, but I'm good. I'm good because of Jesus, amen? In fact, I believe God has done such a great job in me as a parent that my granddaughter, so when my daughter lays a rule down for her, her daughter, which is my granddaughter, my granddaughter says to her mother, to her mother, who is my daughter, You're just like your dad, which I think is the highest compliment you can get, right? From a kid who thinks they know everything. And they tell their mom, you're just like your dad. You're just like grandpa. You're always saying about this. You're always saying about that. Guess what? I was a cop for 30 years. I know a little bit about stuff. Amen? I know a little bit about stuff. And so he's telling the children of Israel, look, when it looked like it was curtains, right? When it looked like the Egyptian army was going to take you out. I brought them to a place and I drowned them. Come on. Don't you get it? The powers of darkness have been trying to kill you for your whole life. The powers of darkness are trying to keep you condemned. They're trying to keep you in a place where you don't ever get full of what God says to you. Amen. He wants you to be insecure. He wants you to have the enemy, wants you to have fear. Those things were drowned in the sea. Whatever your Red Sea was, that stuff drowned in the Red Sea. Amen. When I see young men, and I see some of you here today, and I know you're doing pornography, it just breaks my heart. Because I, I know the destruction that causes. I know how that interferes with, with what God created for intimacy between a husband and a wife. But don't get condemned about it. 
Admit it to God. So God can forgive you and, and then fill you and you move on. And now you've got a whole nother Red Sea that you go across on dry land. Amen. Amen. But here's the exciting thing. God, God gives them a little history lesson. I did all these things for you. But in verse 18, he says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but forget all that. He's saying, all the Red Seas I brought you through, the place I brought you to today, here at Teen Challenge, spiritual emphasis, everything before this day, even the good things. He's saying, forget about those things because why? Because I am doing something new. God! I am doing something new through you. I am going to put you in front of kings and princes. I'm going to put you in front of queens. I'm going to put you in front of prime ministers. I'm going to put you in front of people who know nothing about Jesus. And I'm going to do it. Listen, he did the same thing with the disciples. He put them in front of the, the Pharisees. And the Pharisees got ready to put him on some punishment. But the Bible says they knew, the Pharisees knew they were uneducated, but... They had been with Jesus. They looked like they had been with Jesus. That's some of you in here today. Maybe the enemy is trying to make you feel like you don't have education. You don't have this. You were horrible at that. You were this. You were that. So what? So what? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when you speak, the enemy listens. I was in, I was in a, a particular country, and uh, I had gone there to do some things, and uh, legal things. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they, they, I got invited to, uh, to meet well, the, president, the, the president of, uh, of Syria. And I was like, wow. And uh, so I, I went to the office there, and, and they let me in. First, I was like, they're not going to let me in. I'm from America. They don't like Americans. And, and the Civil War had just been going on for a couple of years. And, but anyway, I had this invitation to meet the, the um, Bashir, the president. And so uh, I got in, and <clears throat> I sat down, and this guy walks up to me, who uh, is one of the cabinet people for the, uh, at, at that time, he's dead now. But at that time, he was part of the Syrian government. And he said, um, <clears throat> you are welcome here, but not your government. I was like, wow, that's pretty cold. I said, well, you know what? I appreciate that you have welcomed me. And on behalf of Jesus Christ, I extend blessings to you, brother. What could he say? Right? And I didn't think of that. God just gave that to me. It's like, now say something, smug one. <laughs> See, if you just don't respond in the flesh, God will give you something to shut that thing down. We spend so much time trying to defend ourselves. But I'm serving God now. Can't you see it? Well, that doesn't look like you're serving God to me when you do that. Come on. Trying to help you here. 
You can dagger look me all you want. I'm trying to help you. Because when we really, truly surrender to God, I mean, when you truly give it all up, what about my kids? What about my, what about the court date? What about, don't you know God's got it? Don't you know he's already gone before you to make the crooked places straight, breaking piece of gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron? Don't you know? Don't you know no weapon formed against you can prosper? Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, we hallow you and we praise the Lord and then we go to bed at night and we toss and turn the whole night worrying. I've done it. I understand. I've done it. I've done that. <laughs> I was in a country and um, some things had happened and a car pulled up and it was, there was a war going on and uh, these guys got out and they had AK-47s and they invited me into their car. That's how I, I thought, this is just an invitation. Some, kidnapping is a very strong word, amen? <laughs> it was more of an invitation. Just come with us. Okay. All right. So I get in the car with the, and my translator, is, he's not at all happy about this. Not at all. Um, he's like kicking and screaming and getting into the car. I'm like, just relax. God's got this. So we're driving through this area, and there's stuff going off, and things are happening, and there's shootings, and, and it's, it's a war zone. And uh, we, we get to this one spot, and the, and the guy, he's a lieutenant in the Syrian Democratic Force with the Syrian Democratic Force, FDF. He turns around and says, so you're a pastor, huh? I say, yes, sir. He Perfect English. I go, yes, sir. He goes, so you pray, right? I go, yes, sir, I do. He goes, well, you need to pray right now because this is where a lot of people get killed right here. <laughs> Man, I'm on it. I'm on it right now. I don't care who hears it. I'm not too concerned about what they're going to think about me, what they're going to say about me. I need to get from point A to point B with my head on my shoulder still. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so we get through that area. We pull up to a mosque. I'm thinking, oh, great, a mosque. I wonder how many Christians are going to be here today. And the imam comes out, the guy in charge of the mosque, he comes out and they get me out and they're this way, this way. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I go over there. They introduce me to the imam. The imam says, come with me. So we go into this mosque. And the mosque has now been converted into part of it is a, uh, more, um, a hospital. And the other part is where they're keeping the dead bodies. And the dead bodies are just children. They're children who have been murdered by snipers. And they, they purposely pick the children. It's part of the, it's part of the reign of terror. That's what terror, terrorism is all about, creating fear. But God, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? And so that's why you can never, you can never walk by what you see. You can never walk by what you hear. You can never walk by your five senses. You've got to go with what God is saying to you. That's what changes things. That's what brings transformation. It's not about the children that were murdered. It's not about the, 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 the people that borrowed me for a few hours at, at gunpoint. That wasn't it. God had a message he wanted delivered. God wanted something to happen in that in mom's heart. God wanted something to happen in those soldiers' hearts. And so we, we, we did what we needed to do there. They took me back where they borrowed me from, <laughs> the location. And the lieutenant, he says, come with me. No gun this time. Come with me. 
So we went around the corner. It was a blown-up building. We went inside the blown-up building. He took his hat off. He bowed his head. He said, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Man. I could have got... See, I could have I messed all that up three hours prior trying to fight or run or whatever. Listen to God. Shut off your senses. Shut off what you want to do in the flesh. Not too long ago, I was in a country and I had gotten, um, as you would say, jacked up by the police. <laughs> and uh, they, they borrowed me for a couple of hours as well. And they took me into this building, and, and I was okay with going into the building. But as soon as we got in the building, the only occupant that was in there ran out like his hair was on fire. So I was like, this is not a good sign. This, and so my police instincts are kicking in. I'm thinking, okay, I can take this guy with a throat shot. I can take this guy, just gouge his eye out, and I'll be out of here. I've got this all, I mean, it's all rolling through my brain. And the Holy Spirit's saying, calm down. Calm down. It's going to be okay. I'm like, yeah, you're up there. I'm down here. What do you mean it's okay? <laughs> and so what happened is they started going through my phone. They had my phone. They seized it right away. And so when I send a text to people, my tag at the bottom of my text says, be dangerous to darkness. That's what my tag says. So whatever I send, I send to my, my wife, I love you, be dangerous to darkness. <laughs> or if I'm telling them, I'm unfriending you, but be dangerous to darkness. <laughs> and so they go, the guy takes out his phone and he speaks into it. We're using Google Translate now, okay, on his phone. He asked me in, in their language, it was Turkish, he asked me, what does be dangerous to darkness mean? What does that mean? So he gives me the phone. I read what he says. I go, okay. So I say, be dangerous darkness. And I go, wait a minute. That's why I'm here. I have an opportunity right now to share about Jesus Christ with these two guys who are completely lost on their way to hell for eternity and are going to try to shake me down for some cash eventually. <laughs> Amen? And so I got an opportunity to share with them what darkness was and who, who light is. Capital L, amen? I got a chance to tell him about how there's this Jesus that can take you out of darkness and put you over into the kingdom of the son of his love. Wow. And how you can live there for eternity. And no matter what happens, no matter what happens with your president who's corrupt, no matter what happens to the people in your government, God can work for you to be a vessel of change. Transformation. I said transformation. And I went on and I'm speaking to this phone. And the guy takes the phone and he starts reading it. And he's like, and he's like, okay, this guy's not a spy. He's a pastor. Get him out of here. So they kicked me out. Amen. But if I had, if I had, because my brain was like, I can take his throat out, I can take his eyes out, and I can get to the door. That's where my brain was at, right? But God's like, no, I've got something I want. See, here's what I'm saying to you. There's a new thing that God is doing in your life today. 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 Yeah, he's done a lot. Thank God he's done what he's done. He's brought you over here. He's put you over here. But he wants to do something new and different and exciting and maybe something that's never been done before. And he's going to bring people to help you to do it. You're never going to be on your own. 
God will always bring people to stand alongside of you. He will bring the talents. He will bring the giftings. He will bring the finances. He will bring and he will give the anointing. Come on, someone. Don't fall for this. Don't fall for this. You're not good enough. Don't fall for this. I'm still stuck on where I was at, and I can't get over that. Get over it. Change your diaper. Do whatever you got to do. Sorry, that shouldn't <laughs> That's for the men's conferences I do. Sorry about that. But you know what I'm saying? We get, you know what? When you were, come on. When you were in the world, you were all about jumping up in people's grills. Now you're born again. You're like. Man, I saw this little, little young woman, about five foot two, and she was all up in these people's grills all up in their grills and you could tell they want to knock her out you could tell i mean they're because you know they weren't christian or anything and 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 you know what i was like i go man if we can get her born again she could do all day long in the devil's grill not in the name of jesus i bind you in the name of jesus All day long. Man. Yeah. And some of you are here. Maybe that's a new thing God wants to do. You know, maybe it's time. You know, I, I, I get it. There's, there's court cases pending. I get that. There's child custody stuff going on that's terrifying. I get that. I went through that. I went through that. I remember going to court and, and, and all these things were said. And of, uh, and of all the horribly, horribly wrong things I did, those things never came up. It was these other things that never happened. It was just to make that person's case look better and my case look worse. My case couldn't have looked any worse than what it was, except I had Jesus on my side. I had Jesus on my side. And I'll tell you, I was sitting in that courtroom and the judge looked at me after the other person spoke and he said, is there anything you want to say? And man, in my, in my brain, in my flesh, there was a whole lot I wanted to say. <clears throat> I was a cop. I want to set the record straight. Right? I was like, and God said, cállate la boca. No, sir, nothing I want to add. That's what I did. I just, no, sir, nothing I want to add. And when that thing was over with, two people in that room, the courtroom, came up to me and they said, we were praying for you. I didn't know who they were. I never said anything about being a Christian or nothing. And they said, we, we were praying for you. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I just want you to be encouraged. Say, I want you to know that God is doing a new thing. And it starts right now. It starts right now. It starts right now. And all you have to do is say yes. Whether you go to the other parts of the, of the world or whether you go to your neighbor next door or the, or the people when you're out doing your fundraising, wherever it is, man, you have such an opportunity. 
You're all walking testimonies. You used to be walking zombies. Now you're walking testimonies for the, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You, you got a testimony. God's done something in you, and it's real. There's no placebos, you know, placebo, like just a fake thing. No, nothing like that in here. You guys are real. God's done a real thing. So because God's done a real thing, go out and do real things for God. Amen? Be his hands and feet. Be the one that chooses to shut your mouth when he says, be quiet. Be the one that says, I don't need to change my diaper anymore. I'm in pampers. I'm in pull-ups. Whatever it is. Because today's a new day. Today's a new day. Father, thank you for these people.